Good morning. Welcome back. Welcome back to the landing spot. I'm Sammy. I'm Lauren. And you have joined us for brunch edition. Brunch edition. Um, I love Sunday brunch edition because usually it means we get to eat Sammy's pancakes, <laughs> which are like the best thing in the world. They're like, you have to tell people about this. This is like your homemade recipe. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have an oat, homemade oat flour pancake recipe and I feel like a champion after I eat so them. delicious yes <laughs> and they're filling they're quite dense and they're filling yeah. they're just like full of goodness full of fruit and bananas and <laughs> peanut butter agave oh <laughs> they're like goddess pancakes they are goddess pancakes yeah Thank you. so we're feeling super nourished and excited to chat about a few conversation topics yeah, sorry. So our, our theme of the night, theme of the morning is body image slash confident. Salad. And down dog. Um, and this is unique because these body image and confidence and salad ones are both your stories, Sammy. Ooh. So I'm going to let you take the lead and sure. I'm here to support and supplement. Great. <laughs> and I have not prepped. So this is going to be completely from the heart and yeah. maybe a little meandering and messy, but please interject whenever you wish. Thank you. So, yeah, I would love to talk a little bit about my body image journey, Mm. and of course it overlaps with some of the food stories that I've shared with you, but I'll try to bring up certain aspects of it that are more related to how I perceive myself, Mm. and like the ways in which I've struggled to do that in a positive light. So, I want to back you up to when I was in sixth grade, and that's like the first recorded memory in my life where I can I remember looking at my friends and sort of comparing myself and feeling like why can she wear a bikini and I'm wearing a one piece or like why is why is my stomach kind of like hanging over my jeans in ways that like my friends don't and I I really think that it was a normal uh kind of like the typical average time period where like adolescence puberty starts and you just start judging every little like minor detail about your body because everything is a threat if you don't fit in so Mm -hmm. anything that sticks out from what other people have to me felt like oh god like what am I well yeah like (laughs) I don't want to I don't want to be different and I've always been so I think most of the people on the pod are friends of mine so that you've met me or you you know what I look like but those of you that don't I'm about five six and have a pretty muscular build and um all those years of dance was me staring at myself in the mirror in a leotard and tights with like a whole bunch of other dancers who were smaller size. So like I was always the tallest one. Mm. And, um, yeah, just from around the time of middle school was when I first just sort of like noticed myself and noticed myself being different because my body was bigger. And like, I just want to pause there because I think this idea of like the first time that young girls really notice their body is something that, like, I would guess almost every woman can relate to. Like, that moment whenever, I mean, for me, it was, like, whenever I was becoming aware of, like, the deficiencies in my body as to, like, what society was telling us. Huh. And I remember, like, very vividly, um, whenever I was in fifth grade, I was... Like, I was a kid who grew out and then grew up. And, like, this Mm -hmm. is, like, a pretty normal growing phenomenon. Like, Mm -hmm. in order for women to get their first periods, like, a lot of times girls need to get more body fat in order to have that happen. So it's, like, a normal thing to occur before menses. But I was, like, a pretty skinny kid. And then all of a sudden in fourth and fifth grade, like, 
chunked out a little bit yeah. in a, like a healthy normal way uh-huh. but I remember I played soccer at the time and like my dad like brought me down into the basement and he was just like how much do you think this weighs and he gave me like a little hand weight and I was like I don't know like five pounds and he gave me like another hand weight how much do you think this weighs I don't know like 10 pounds and he was like the first one weighs two and a half and the second one weighs five and then he like touched my stomach and he was like or no then he was like could you imagine running with these strapped to your body and I was like no like that would slow me down a lot and then he like touched my stomach and he was like think of how much faster you could run if you didn't have this you've told me this before oh and I mean I like I hate to share that story because my father is a really lovely person and we've talked about it multiple times and my dad was like I just thought you'd be a better soccer player and I was like I know dad but like girls need fat on their body like I was preparing to have my period and he was like okay 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 I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) he really is a lovely father god bless him um but like I think that's one of those things too where like he wasn't I mean yeah bless him he wasn't aware with like how puberty worked for girls and changing bodies and like all of that and I think I think it's hard because it's awkward enough for us like my <laughs> poor father was like you're becoming a woman and I don't know what to do with this but oh, yeah. it was like after... I want to and I want to like put a bookmark in that and come back to that idea oh yeah oh yeah and so it was after that moment too whenever all of a sudden I became really aware <laughs> of my stomach in a way that I had I had never, I don't remember being aware of my body before Mm -hmm. that moment. And afterwards, it's been something that has, like, just been with me ever since. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, I I agree. Like, the awareness starts first. And I think for me, middle school was just being aware that I was different and that I was larger. But not necessarily in the way that I wanted to change things yet. Um, But I do remember that when I was bat mitzvah, I was 12. So, it was 7th, 8th grade. It was November of my 8th grade year. And I sat the photographer down and was like, do not take pictures of me. Stay the fuck away from me. I want, not, please, do not follow me. There's going to be no grand entrance. I do not feel comfortable in my body, and I don't want it reflected in pictures for years to come. Oh. <laughs> so there's like four pictures of me at my bat mitzvah because oh. I ran away from the guy. Um, and I think that that's like the perfect example of maybe I wasn't trying to diet yet. I wasn't trying to manipulate my body features, but I was critically, critically, oh, just like so self-conscious to the point where it was like, if there was physical pain, like I was cringy, cringeworthy. (laughs) And, um, then when I, you know, got a little bit older and I started dancing more competitively, I remember my junior year of high school, I had to wear not one, but two nude bodysuits for different costumes. Oh my God. One of the dance dances was we were mannequins. Oh. Like we were meant to, like this was like a song mm-hmm. with like designers. So there were costume changes that were taking place on stage, but the whole first half of the number was a nude leotard, nude tights, and a, a wig, and that was it. And I remember, so there were girls that were also super self conscious to wear this costume, and I don't, I don't remember being like, oh, I can't wear this, I can't go on stage like this. It wasn't that crippling. But it was definitely uncomfortable. And when we were all dressed up and we had our full faces of makeup on and all of us were wearing the wigs, like, we were pretty indistinguishable. And that was, like, fun and char- it was like a, just a character. Um, but then the second time that same year, I was Mufasa in The Lion King. Nude bodysuit with a fucking lion's mane in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, like, I'm telling, like, sleeves down my arms and sleeves down my legs completely nude. Like, skin tight. And then a giant head of fur and then a tail. 
And I remember my like, high school boyfriend came to see me at this production. Like, his whole family was there. <laughs> and I just felt so exposed. <laughs> okay, well, for the record, I think you would look so good in a bodysuit. Like, I feel like it would hug in all the oh, right places. <laughs> okay, so actually, I'm glad you said that because that is something that I've always heard as well. Like, wow, you have such a beautiful body, a beautiful face. Like, I, I have really big blue eyes and like prominent eyebrows like these are features that are often commented on when like I'm being commended for my beauty and it's uncomfortable sometimes when someone's complimenting you and you don't agree with the compliment or you don't see it you don't see Mm -hmm. your beauty so it just feels like you don't know how to sit with it Mm -hmm. and I struggled with that a lot through high school um and I think that my first quote-unquote diet like the first time that I started like I remember crying to my mom like I'm just really unhappy and she was trying to be supportive and she like kind of taught me a few things about what it would mean to like cut out certain foods or like not finish your dinner plate and anyway I don't want to like make this a whole thing about food but that was senior year of high school so I just wanted to like give you a couple of little like stamps on the timeline of moments where I felt that my body image was different and I wanted to be more like everybody else I wanted to blend in and um, when I got through college and like had a really full college life, a lot of that fell to the wayside. Like when I was feeling like in love with my life and when I was busy and doing things that like brought me so much joy, like I danced a ton in college and like I was a late bloomer academically. So when I was in college, like I was crushing it. I was like getting good grades and reading all the time. And when I look back on it now, not all of college was like a wonderful experience, but I remember just feeling really happy and secure in my body. Um, we had these meetings for uh, Greek, Greek life women called uh, Unite. And it was just where any Panhellenic women who were free on Tuesdays at five could come and talk about girls, being a girl oh and like issues. What? This is amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> and it had its own board that were elected, like d- different uh, people from different sororities. So there was like a nice mix. And then each week there was a different topic and it was just like a huge discussion. And like sometimes they'd bring in experts or celebrities that would come and talk to us about like what it means to be a woman. And I remember there was one occasion we were talking about body image and we were kind of going around the room and like sharing how we felt about our bodies. And I do, I remember saying like, I, I wake up in the morning and I feel really good about myself. And there is the occasional day in the month where I don't, maybe it's like the day before I get my period or something happens and it kind of rocks me. But for the most part, I feel super good in my skin and everyone else in the room was like, what the fuck? (laughs) We do not, we do not yeah. identify that way. Yeah. So it's, it hasn't been like my entire life, Lauren. Like the whole the reason I add that story in there too is like it, it really wasn't like I've always hated my body. I've always wanted to change myself because that's not true. Yeah. There have just been moments and memories that I felt that um, there was something threatening about being in a bigger body. Mm. And yeah, and it went against societal norms. Um, and so then the last piece that I want to share and I've shared on this a lot on on our podcast is the moment when I was out of college and like working in my first real job and I had like reverted back to middle school level amounts of self-consciousness in my body and I felt like I really lost all my confidence and lost like my sparkle like Mm. that little shine in my eye when I get excited about something like was gone and I felt like it had everything to do with like something being wrong in my body and I needed to make my body smaller I needed to take up less space Mm. um and the piece that I wanted to go back to on the 
idea of beauty and the idea of like be- what the the fear or the danger of like becoming a woman, becoming like in your fullness, really struck a chord with me. Um, I didn't realize this till after, but I think that I was really afraid to walk around with like a big ass, like a JLo butt. Mm-hmm. And I was afraid to have curves, like mm-hmm. that hourglass shape, because uh, um, I don't know, the dangers of our world, like getting looked at on the streets and getting catcalled and um, using my body for for manipulation as opposed to for good yeah and that really all just like came to the forefront for me and I had to very slowly over time sort of build my confidence back up totally and I still struggle I still look in the mirror sometimes and just really don't like what I see I have a lot of trouble looking at myself in pictures recently Mm. like ever since I moved here I don't like I don't take pictures of myself and that's like really hard um, but there are also moments when I'm totally comfortable mm. or I, I just don't think about it at all. And yeah. that is when I'm dancing and when I'm teaching. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have uh, so many things to say. Yeah. The and first... I'm going to turn it over to you now. <laughs> oh, well, the first one is like that idea of like, um, photos and not wanting to be in photos. Like I really identify with that because whenever I was struggling with skin stuff over this yeah. last year, like I didn't have photos of myself mm-hmm. because it was just like, I didn't want to take pictures whenever I felt like I didn't look like my best self. And like, I totally identify with what you're saying where I was saying, like, I felt like when I lost my period, like around that time earlier this fall, like I just felt like I lost my mojo. Like Mm -hmm. I also didn't have that sparkle in my eye. I didn't have like that same like zest and like joy for life that's normally there. And I think that like whenever we don't feel good in our bodies, that is something that's like a really normal reaction. And it's also just, like, sad. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is that I thought was interesting is I was just reading Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Yeah, one of the books you recommended. And one of the things she talks about in there is, like, as human beings, like, we're hardwired to create and we need to create. And she was like, I notice when I'm not creating, I'm destroying. And she was mm. like, I'm either destroying myself, a relationship, a project oh. that I have. Like, if I'm not creating something, I'm destroying it. Forgot that line. And <laughs> I was like, damn. Because that, like, just really resonated with me. Where I'm hearing mm. you talk about, like, in That's college, whenever you were creating all of these things and, like, putting energy into all these things that you loved, you weren't even aware of, like your physical embodiment and I feel like that's really when we're the most beautiful whenever we can embody our bodies without it limiting us right yes and sometimes life just flows through Uh your body and sometimes it doesn't Mm -hmm. and um I think it's hard whenever we're in those moments where it's not flowing to like try to get back to the point where it is Mm -hmm. yes especially knowing that there were blips of your life where you felt really confident and I, I think for me, it was, well, how can I get back to the body that I had when I felt confident? Mm. And I took that so literally. But it really had nothing to do with the number on the scale or the size of my jeans. It had everything to do with the fact that I was in that state of flow, that I was yeah. doing stuff that was meaningful, that it, I was doing things that I loved, and I felt loved by others. Yeah. And that allowed me to feel safe in my body. Yes. I trusted that the people that I was surrounding myself were not going to latch on to me for beauty or for my femininity, but for my my identity and my core. Yeah. And for loving you. Right. And I think a lot of being here is like <sighs> I don't I don't have that same kind of trust with people because I I haven't known them. I'm building my community. I've started from scratch. Um and 
all that confidence work also has to almost start from scratch or you have to fake it till you make it. Yeah. And yeah. And it's like, oof. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that resonating? Yeah. I have like two more topics. One yeah. is like, you've mentioned kind of tying back together with what you were saying before about like going into your femininity. Mm-hmm. You've told me, um, a couple times that like at some point you realized that like embodying your like full female figure was actually more scary and more difficult than being on the diet. Yeah. On a controlled diet plan or trying to control your body. And, um, that I just think was like such a powerful realization and the idea of like stepping into our femininity and stepping into our fullness and like trusting that the people around us can handle that is a scary thing because like as women (laughs) we're always taught to make ourselves smaller quieter Mm -hmm. scarcer and like stepping into our boldness and fullness is like scary and empowering and honestly the only way to truly live. Oh, I completely agree. And yes. <laughs> I don't know. That's something that I feel like I've really like learned from you and I'm still like I'm still learning, uh, which is super true. And I'm still learning too. <laughs> I mean, we all are, yeah. especially because society's messaging is just so messed up. Like yeah. ugh. And I told you, I just want to be in a society where we wear togas all the time. I know. <laughs> you wouldn't I be able to tell me Vayner lost five pounds in a toga. Like, they're beautiful. They're flowy. Yes. They're easy. Like, come on. Can we bring togas back? Bring the togas back. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, but the second thing I wanted to say that I've been thinking a lot about, too, is, like, with our bodies, like, the healing, the healing that can happen um, when you with a partner who really loves you because yeah. I know that was a part of your college experience yeah. too. And in one of the books that I'm reading on attachment theory right now, it was talking about how so frequently we think that we have to like heal ourselves and be perfect ourselves before we enter a relationship, but really like real healing comes in a relationship. Hmm. And I know for me, like a lot of body image issues that I had, like with with really supportive partners like they have been healed in ways that I like never could have done on my own wow and like feminist me was like it's annoying that it would take another person to help with that but like I don't know I really liked how this book framed that where it was like what you said whether it's like a partner or like people around you who just like love and cherish you there's something so healing about whenever your body is being like reflected and appreciated and Mm. like cherished and like treated as sacred Mm -hmm. by others oh I love that you say that and I think that it's brave to say that because of course I think that both of us identify as feminists and I would love to believe like all of my healing is going to happen because it's from the inside and then it's spreading out and I do think to some extent it's not just from a relationship or just from someone else's outward reflection I think a lot of work can be done from when you're on your own um but I can definitely attest that having someone who like is a romantic partner that would complement those aspects of myself that I felt so critical of really helped me see them in the light that he saw them um yeah I was going to say one more thing, but I forgot it. Absolutely. And I think even that, like, having our bodies being a part of something bigger than us, like, whenever you're in a romantic partnership, your body is physically giving something to someone else. Mm. And, like, having that confidence and knowing that, like, my body can do this and, like, it can make me happy and it can make someone else happy. 
it, I think there's something really powerful about that. I completely agree. And I think the last thing I want to say on this is just a reminder to something I've already stated, but true beauty is is confidence. It's ha- if it you is. are happy in how you perceive yourself and you move through the world embodied, not the the critical judge on the outside looking in kind of talking and criticizing but really you are one with your body and you're just moving through the world doing whatever you're doing and doing things that bring you joy like that is true beauty Mm. and the more that we can do as women as men to kind of like let go of that inner critic and just allow ourselves to take up space I think that like that's going to be healing for everyone Mm. I totally agree with you and I think that for me, body confidence is a practice, Agreed. right? Like it's something, it's a pose we fall out of. It's something we practice more and practice less. There's times whenever it's harder and times whenever it's easier. But like that true, I don't know, the true sense of figuring out like whenever we bring our body to a new country, whenever now we're exposed to water that we're not used to, whenever Ugh. you're in a climate you're not used to, yes. right? There's like, it's not, it's not something to reach, it's yeah. something to constantly practice. I completely love that so much. Mm. Yes. Um, in the interest of time, let's yeah, jump over to the next salad. Thing. Okay. And I think both of us are going to be able to talk extensively about salad. I mean, we eat them every day. We're lovers of kale. Yes. We're lovers of mixed mescaline. Yes. <laughs> and I really like, um, what are the little round ones here can can I can't pronounce them I don't know either like I know the one talking about but I don't know the, yeah I don't oh, know the name I'm either sorry listeners I'm sorry everyone who knows this name that I can't think of right now <laughs> can you spell it you no know, remember it's only something just special I'm now just name. like really nervous oh, no they're be... in France too they're oh. like they're like can I don't know I don't know either. they're great other little greens. they're delicious yes yeah. <laughs> like a dark green yeah hue yeah also love spinach yes and the, I think the story that when I originally wrote this down had to do with some, something from high school. And then it's like kind of mirrored back in life last year. So when I was in high school, I had dance friends that would come over to my house like almost every day after school. Definitely the days when we had dance practice. Because dance would start at 4, but school ended at 2.30. And my house was walking distance from school. So we would just like walk through the baseball fields, go to my house... And we would make these massive salads. Mm. We had this huge salad bar that would like line the whole counter. Mm. And my mom would be there and we would like, <laughs> we'd have an entire head of iceberg and we'd just chop it all up and put it in a big bowl and then have like different little bowls of all of the condiments mm. and, we're not condiments, but the toppings yeah. and mixed nuts and fruits and carrots and every day was a little bit different and we would throw it all together and we had this balsamic vinaigrette like Mm -hmm. that was like mixed from a little package and like you add the vinegar and you add the oil and then some spices that come in a bag and it was so good yeah every day we would come home and we would like stuff our faces with this salad and we thought we were like so healthy we're in a big salad meanwhile like (laughs) if you looked at the actual proportions of the things that were put into the bowl it would be like a quarter of iceberg lettuce and then it was like a ton of chicken and like (laughs) croutons and oh god who knows like just everything that we can find in the kitchen cabinets we put like potato chips (laughs) (laughs) we have these things called cuicos they have them here in spain they're probably not called cuicos there but they're corn nuts oh like salty corn nuts and they're really big oh they're so fucking good And, yeah, and I just have super fond memories of our salad bar days. It was a ritual. And, um, 
yeah, I mean, I've always eaten salads and there have been times when I've like not put dressing on my salad or not put cheese in my salad because I was trying to make it as healthy and nutrient dense as possible. Uh, and now we just like are able to eat whatever we have, whatever we can get our hands on. And yeah. Yeah. My salads are just versatile. Um, I love salads. Yeah, because they're just so different. Like, there's, you know, what base do you want? What toppings are you going to put in there? What, I don't know, do you want it sweet? Do you want it salty? You turn everything into a salad. That's my compliment to you. <laughs> Thank you, I think it's true. <laughs> you just put lettuce at the bottom of anything that you're eating, and then it turns into a salad. There's just like a bed of lettuce underneath things. I also commend you that you can just eat lettuce alone with your hands. Like, you just scoop it up like... It's chips. I do eat. I am known to like pop open a bag of lettuce and eat it like potato chips. Um, this habit started whenever I was vegan and on the Camino because oh. I needed snacks. And uh-huh. so I just started eating lettuce out of the bag. And my two friends that I made on the Camino, the they were these two Spanish guys who like I hardly spoke Spanish at that point and they didn't speak any English, but they were my buddies for a couple days. And they were just like, what are you doing? Like, is this an American thing? Like, is this like normal? I was like, no, this is not a normal person thing. But I do love just eating lettuce out of the bag. I love it. We have a cousin who buys those massive tubs of spinach and eats it by hand, just raw. I can't do it. Spinach is like too acidic for me. Really? Yeah, but I can do anything bitter with a little crunch. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. All right, shall we move on? Yeah. Yeah. Downward dog. Down dog. Let's, Are you going to demo? Yeah, we'll come over to the yoga mat here. Okay, so down dog is like a quintessential yoga pose. Um, this is in Spanish called uve invertida, which is like inverted V. Um, so both of my hands are at the front of the mat. My feet are at the back of the mat, and my hips are popped up in the air, so I look like an upside-down V. And whenever I'm here, I'm really getting a nice stretch along the back of my legs, along my back. We like talk a lot about really making sure that our hands and feet are firmly planted, um, spreading our shoulder blades out and really getting that weight distributed. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about this pose is it's a resting posture, even though it's extremely active. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's fascinating about it is whenever I was first beginning yoga, I was like, how the hell is this a resting posture? This posture is so uncomfortable. Uh I don't understand my balance. I'm not, I'm not like, weight isn't distributed well here. Your wrists hurt at first in yoga when you were getting so much. I like really actually struggled with tendonitis badly in Mm. the beginning of my yoga career because I was doing things in forms that weren't right and I was like overdoing it I like didn't really know how to listen and so downward dog has been something that like has sometimes I can't do in my practice because my tendonitis is, has wow. been so bad do you go into the child's pose yes or I'll do it on my forearms yeah the dolphin pose mm. are you can we talk a little bit about the bottom heel yeah are you able to get your heel completely flat on the floor I am impressive that means you have really well stretched out hamstrings right um, yes, I think I have calf muscles, but it also depends on like how far away your feet are True. from your hands. But it doesn't really matter whether your heels are on the ground or not. And ideally, you would want your feet far enough back that if you were to put your butt kind of down and go into a plank pose, you wouldn't need to adjust 
Yes and no. It depends. Like, you're allowed to move around your feet Mm. depending on what's happening with the posture. So if you're going through flows, like, yes, I'm going to have my feet back. But if we're in a resting downward dog, it's perfectly acceptable to step forward to rest a little bit. Cool. Or if we do any of these, like, side stretches where you plant your front hand and bring your back hand back, it makes sense to have a shorter posture then. Gorgeous. So how do you think down dog connects to the things we talked about today? Well, I like that you already brought in the idea of the confidence is a practice. Mm. And um, what I think could be an interesting parallel is the fact that it's meant to be a resting posture, but it doesn't feel that way. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so true. Right? So like, I'm thinking about like, how can we extend this metaphor a little bit more? Well... Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, absolutely. Like, I think it's one of those things where, like I said, there's been, honestly, like, six-month to eight-month stretches where I haven't even been able to do downward dog because of the tendonitis was so bad. Mm. And, like, same thing. There's been long stretches where, like, body confidence has been something that I haven't even been able to do because of whatever is going on at the time. Yeah. And then there's moments whenever it, like flows and like years whenever it's not a problem for like multiple years at a time Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um and I yeah I think that's a really interesting metaphor totally and the thing that I'm thinking about is like there are in order to feel more firm and more like you could potentially be resting in downward dog like you have to have really strong wrists and you have to have an understanding of like equally distributing the weight in your hands and also in your feet. Um, like there are principles that you need to learn first and you need to feel out and like have enough of a, fa- a firm foundation before you can allow it to be the resting posture. So I just feel like there are certain certain things that like have to be in place or you have to learn that like, oh, it's when I'm dancing that I'm able to be fully in my body or it's when I'm teaching. Mm. But like I needed to feel that out and I needed to like do other things that didn't bring me that kind of same body confidence. Like for example, I don't know if I'm camping, <laughs> like that would make me feel super self-conscious because like <laughs> that's not something I know how to do. Like, um, totally. Yeah. Totally. And like, it's interesting too. I feel like we've been playing around with this idea where it's not the experience, but how you relate to the experience. Yep. That Always really going to come back to that for sure. Um, because the other day I'm still struggling with like acne and, a way that I just hadn't before, um, this whole getting off birth control journey. But, um, the other day I was talking with a close friend and like, I still have like some acne on my chest and I was just like, ugh, I really don't like it. And I was like getting kind of upset about it. And like, he was like, well, it's one thing to like not like it, but it's another thing to be upset about it. And I was like, Ooh. Yeah, and it's the same with supplies too. And our dog, and downward dog. We're like, it's one thing to like not be able to do downward dog, but I remember at the beginning of my yoga journey, I would still go to yoga classes and be like, I should be able to do this, and then I would be like trying to do things that like weren't okay for my body, and then I ended up even more injured than before, and then I was all upset because I was like, I'm actually a better yogi than you, but my tendonitis just isn't letting me do that posture. Yeah. And that's just like, <laughs> like ego, ego, ego. crazy person in my mind? Wow. Like, this is not what it's about. And like, sometimes we can't do the downward dog, and sometimes our bodies are not going to look societally 
beautiful. Yeah. And, and we may get upset about it. <laughs> and then there are the, exactly, there are the times when we just like allow it to be what it is. And it's so much greater for us that way. Right. Because the truth is you can have an amazing yoga practice without having downward dog. Mm-hmm. And you can have an amazing body and not have any confidence. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> also true. Right. You can have all the confidence in the world and be in a body that's not like quote unquote societally accepted. Right. It's all how we relate to the practice. Yeah. Uh, Yay! Let's pick cards. Thank you for getting this all ready. Yes. Okay. All right. We've got the food. Yeah. And then the yoga posture. Okay. Our theme for next week. Do 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 do. (laughs) Heartbreak. Ooh, excellent. Uh, The food is gonna be water. Ooh, that's going to be fascinating. <laughs> and our yoga posture is headstand. Ooh, all right. Coming back at you with heartbreak, water, and headstand next time. Woo.